This is a Hot Pie Media Original. What we don't understand is even though it's true, there is a fat burning zone, mm-hmm. if you were to go at a higher intensity, you are also burning fat, but you are now also burning carbohydrates, right? right. At that higher. But if you think about shifting that scale, relatively speaking, when you're going at a higher intensity, you're still burning just as much fat. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. Today, I'm joined by athletic performance coach for the University of Texas at Austin, Anna Craig. She joins me to discuss the three things women should be doing to jumpstart fat loss and improve their body composition. But before we get into this discussion please take a moment to leave us a review and a comment in the Apple podcast app, as this will help us reach more people with the message of the blueprint. But now it's time to lean in and learn from the best. Anna, are there differences in how you might go about losing body fat if you're a man versus a woman? Yeah, let's talk about losing body fat. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, What's the secret sauce to losing body fat? Well, that isn't clickbaity. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to give you some observations that Uh I've made. And then I'm going to tell you a little bit of the science behind how you could do things differently. I want to hear it. Uh, What do you usually see women doing at the gym? Cardio. Aerobic. Oh, I shouldn't even have used that word. Cardio. Aerobic exercise. Yes. Why do we like to do it? Huh. I don't know. Uh, it's repetitive. Um, sometimes it's just not like it's mind numbing. You can kind of get your mind in a different space. I also think yeah. it's just because that's what you think you need to do. Right. So what are we told about cardio fat burning zone? Yes. Okay. It's on the thing. Yes. This is the zone. This is the zone where you burn fat. Right. So we get this idea in our head and we I start the Apple Watch and I get on my elliptical and I say, oh, wow, I burned 350 calories by the time I'm done with my elliptical and I feel great. But if I went and strength trained and I check out my Apple Watch, what does it say? 200 calories. Right. I'm like, oh, I, sh- I should have just gone and done cardio today, right? But what we don't understand is even though it's true, there is a fat burning zone. Mm-hmm. If you were to go at a higher intensity, you are also burning fat, but you are now also burning carbohydrates, right? right? At that higher. But if you think about shifting that scale, relatively speaking, when you're going at a higher intensity, you're still burning just as much fat, right? right? So we get this skewed we get this skewed idea because of the percentage zone, but actually the total amount that we're burning we can do that same thing with HIIT training or um, strength training. It's just not as much of the percentage of what we're burning. Does that make sense? Makes total sense. Okay. So I'm like, I'm wondering if I'm explaining this well. So if I go and I strength train or I do high intensity interval training, hills, stairs, I'm also gaining muscle mass, right? Mm. I'm also challenging myself in a different way where I'm utilizing muscle. And as we increase lean mass, we also get a metabolic response from that, right? So my muscle is taking up more blood glucose, which is carbohydrates, 
and utilizing that on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So when I have more muscle mass, I'm taking more blood glucose out of my blood and utilizing it just to exist. And then that means less of my blood glucose is being stored as fat, right? Less of it is going into my system and, and being stored. So I can get a lot of bang for my buck that way. I can actually have a very effective workout, but then I can also have this holistic metabolic boost throughout my existence of life. So my you get metabolism more insulin will sensitive too. You do. You get more insulin sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so also something with, uh, with the increase of lean mass, I talked about resting metabolic rate. So it increases our rest. Imet- so resting just for people rate. to understand yeah. muscle tissue is a more metabolically active tissue. Correct. And so at rest, you're literally burning more calories mm-hmm. where you, it's really hard to hypertrophy or change the size of, um, of those tissues doing like the elliptical. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you apply a stress on the body that would elicit a change in tissue size through weight training, now you're actually increasing your muscle size. You're burning more calories, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And you talked about insulin sensitivity. Yeah. So that's actually the ability of your cells to bind with insulin and to burn blood sugar for energy. So again, less of that blood sugar is being stored and more of it is being utilized. Every decade, earmuffs may be on this one, every decade that we get older, our muscle mass decreases, right? So our ability to hold more muscle naturally is going to go down and you can combat that effect through strength training. 100%. So if, if I never lifted another weight and my muscle mass started to go down, then now my metabolism is going down as well. So if you're not lifting weights, not only are you not making your metabolism faster, but you're sitting around waiting for your metabolism to get slower. I know. I'm 41. (laughs) I'm starting to see father time catch up with me. Yeah, you definitely do not want to do that. Yeah. And um, another thing. So have you heard the word neat? Yeah. Yeah. So what is it? Do you remember what neat stands for? Non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Yeah. So those are like taking the stairs. Good job. (laughs) Those are like taking the stairs and carrying the groceries inside and all of those, um, all of those little habits throughout the day that burn more calories. And when we have more muscle, when we go to the gym, when we feel a little bit more physically capable, Mm -hmm. I would also venture to say that our neat goes up, Hmm. right? And so not only are you getting the muscle mass benefits in the moment, you're also combating the muscle decrease effects over time, but also in general, when you are a fitter person, you want to do more active things as you have less muscle, more fat, we get lethargic, we we feel less energy, we have less energy. And so there's multiple reasons as we get older, why incorporating strength training is a really great idea. Man, I was just talking to somebody today who's like burning out, just fatigued. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I literally don't want to do anything. And when you're physically fit and you're regulating stress, you do want to take the stairs. Mm -hmm. You're okay with like intentionally maybe parking a little bit farther from the store or going on a walk in the morning. That makes a lot of sense. That's a really good observation. Yeah. And you don't have to just go lift weights in a gym in order to accomplish these things. Hmm. There are also other ways that you can sustain or put on muscle mass stairs, sprints. Sprinting is an excellent way of maintaining and creating muscle mass. Um, like I said, stair workouts, hill workouts. 
even doing an incline walk is a better option than doing a flat walk. So you don't, you know, you don't need to go to the gym and turn into a bodybuilder. It's just small ways of changing your current workout routine to stress your body's muscle a little bit more. I love that. Yeah. So actually there was a phrase we used to use in track sprint or speed feeds weights, sprints feeds weights. So like if you looked at the most jacked, like athletes on the planet, hundred meter sprinters, but like we would go do a sprint session. Now we only may do eight sprints in like 90 minutes, but we would go into the weight room to a very low volume. And it was like, oh my gosh, like the muscle just poured on these people because the amount of motor unit recruitment, central nervous system activation, it's like, it's easy. Mm-hmm. That is like a primer for putting on muscle. So I know personally you're engaging in some sprints right now. I'm excited to see how those big, those guns get. My female athletes always say, what I want to do core at the end. Like let's do abs at the end. Oh, I'm so glad you're saying this. And I say, you want to know the best way to get abs? You go sprint. And it's true. When you, as you said, high level sprinters, you are taxing your muscle in a way that you will not get in the weight room. Yeah. And you'll feel fatigued for very different reasons. Yes. So cool that you brought that up. So something that you touched on briefly, I think you said the word cortisol. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about cortisol for a second. Um, So I'm going to talk about the hormones that either stunt our metabolism or help boost our metabolism. So cortisol is, is the negative, right? We always hear cortisol. Maybe we don't really know what it is, but we know that it's not good. And when we're in high times of stress, your body is going to lead to persistent cortisol release. Cortisol's primary function is to increase blood sugar so that you have enough energy to get through a stressful situation, Mm -hmm. which when you're being chased in the woods by a bear is a really wonderful thing. (laughs) But when you are just working a normal day at the job, but not getting enough sleep, it's not a great thing, right? Right. Because now we're putting more blood sugar into our bloodstream. So some of the best things that you can do is to lower cortisol levels. You can do that through food. You can do that through, or you know, just having a balanced, healthy diet. Mm-hmm. You can do that definitely through adequate sleep. So uh, I read, have you ever read the book, Why We Sleep? Oh, Matthew Walker? Yes. Yeah, good book. I loved that book. And if I could give you a summary of the book, Why We Sleep, it's Everything bad in the world will happen to you if you don't get enough sleep. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't agree more. (laughs) And everything positive will happen if you get enough sleep. So just prioritizing one more extra hour of sleep, getting a minimum of maybe eight hours isn't enough, but or is too much um, for your schedule. But at least seven, six and a half hours of sleep. Try your best not to dip under six hours of sleep. Yeah. And that will help your cortisol release. Um, Another thing is, fat storage as a result of cortisol. So we're talking about losing fat Mm -hmm. and um, that's tied to our blood sugar. So making sure cortisol levels are low through sleep, stress management, easier said than done. But there are methods such as, um, don't you do, you mentioned a meditation app that you do, correct? Uh, I meditate all the time, but I use Calm. Calm. I do a lot of different things. Yeah. Yeah. And so being able to switch your body from fight or flight down mm-hmm. to rest and digest is important for that. Um, 
if you've ever during your day kind of felt really jittery or kind of anxious or when you lay down at night and you're like, I just can't seem to calm down. Um, that's because our body is in our fight or flight Mm -hmm. and just being able to breathe through and use one of those meditation apps just to calm our nervous system down is going to create less cortisol release. Nice. So we've got three things. We've got, if you want to lose fat, you want to improve lean muscle, increase amount of lean muscle. You want to regulate your hormones. And what's the other one? Um, diet. Diet. Yeah. Oh, darn it. (laughs) I thought I could eat Chick-fil-A and not like have a perfect like six pack abs. They say you can't out train a bad diet, but I think I come pretty close to equilibrium sometimes. I like to hear this. Okay. So like, how do you do that personally? Truly the way that I, I wish I could tell you I was a really healthy eater. I do eat healthy most of the time Mm -hmm. and I do it more for getting nutrients than I do for overall calorie intake. Mm -hmm. But my body has reached a point where because of my training age, which means my work capacity, the amount of muscle that I have. I can really not do a lot to maintain my body composition. That's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. So people say, how much do you work out? My conditioning. Um, I love long runs. I mentioned that my long runs are up to an hour. But other than that, my conditioning usually lasts 20 to 30 minutes. I might sprint, do interval work. I love bang for your buck. And then my lifts last about 45 minutes to an hour. And everything right now. I, I do like getting better and stronger, but um, at least during the week, I'm maintaining, if anything, if I need to get something in. But you built that over time. I did. Yeah. I mean, this isn't like something where it's just it just happened. I mean, you've been doing this for years. 15 years, five or six days a week, but I like working out. Yeah. It's, for me, it's a very big stress reliever. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have different stress relievers. Thankfully, mine is working out. Yeah, I'm with <laughs> it's you. A it's a blessing. Like, it's, my, uh, it's my happy space. <laughs> yeah. And um, I remember times in my life that have been very challenging. And I would go and I would work out. And I would, for one hour that day, I'm not thinking about something else going on in my life. And mm-hmm. so training is my kind of mental sacred space. Mm. I'm being productive without being productive. If you know what I mean? And my brain gets to change gears. And so for me, it's a space where uh, it helps a lot with my stress management. It helps with the way I view myself. It helps as a female. We are used to being called a little bit smaller, a little bit less capable. And it makes me feel just a lot more physically and Mm. therefore emotionally capable. So if I could pound it into every female to go at least be able to move your own body weight and you'll be shocked on how that makes you feel. 100%. I love that you said that. And I don't think that women are less capable or... or, Well, not mentally, just sometimes physically. (laughs) Well, pound for pound, lower body, women are just as strong as men. And it's kind of frightening. I've seen, I've trained with a lot of women. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm out of, you know, my wife, my wife is an amazing athlete. She was actually just named to Mississippi State's all-time softball team. And if we go train together, it's uh, it's not good. Like I get embarrassed, which is good. I love that. I, she passed on some good genes to our kids. That's great. Let's see. Let's talk about food a little bit. Okay, let's do it. We utilize substrates, mm-hmm. which are the makeups of food. So mm-hmm. carbohydrates, fat, protein. We use those a little bit differently than men. So at rest, women burn more glucose, which is carbs, and less fat than men. 
Really? Mm -hmm. But we burn more fat during exercise than men. So what does that say about the importance of exercise and fat burning? It's not as important. It is important. We oh, burn sorry. more fat during exercise. Did I phrase that wrong? No, I no. I, I got it turned around in my head. Keep going. So now. at rest, we burn more carbohydrates. Than fat. Oh, I see what in you're saying. In exercise, yeah. Yeah, you want to tap into that when you You want to tap into yeah. it when you're working out. Yeah. So if if you're kind of in that point where you can you can lose fat by just diet, right? Yeah. Um, calories in, calories out. But we we kind of get to that sticky point sometimes where you feel like you are eating enough to be in a deficit. You're trying to kind of get that sticking point, but you feel like you hit a plateau introducing more exercise and not more as in doing a lot more minutes, but mm -hmm. just a higher intensity of exercise or weight training yeah. is effective for getting past those sticking points. Nice. Yeah. That is really interesting that your substrate utilization would be different at rest than during exercise, even though the composition of the fibers are the same. Really interesting. I had never really heard about that before. Mm -hmm. um, and so that would make a lot of sense that you would want to tailor your exercise session to tap into more fat uh, mm -hmm. oxidation. Yeah. And then a little inter interesting tidbit. They also tested men and women in a fasted state and our substrate utilization was the same. So really? it's, yeah, when we have substrates to use is when we start to vary the way that we use those. Awesome. So as far as nutrient intake, what would, is there anything you would suggest regarding that for women? We might have to dig into this more on our next podcast. <laughs> it depends on the time of month. Oh. So due to our, our menstrual cycle at certain points of the month, when our estrogen is a little bit higher, or a little bit lower, mm -hmm. um, certain substrates are utilized a little bit more effectively. You don't need to get into the weeds with that one. Overall, you want to eat a balanced diet. Mm -hmm. On the days where you are doing high intensity exercise training, utilize your carbohydrates. We we do utilize carbs and sticking away from carbs isn't probably going to make your actual workout intensity as effective as it could be. Because mm -hmm. so you need like, fuel. Yeah. So we like to think about working out in a fasted state and you hear working out in a fasted state, working out in a fasted state burns more fat, right? You don't have any carbohydrates or blood glucose to utilize in that state, but it makes the intensity of your actual workout lower. Yeah. And so that has its own repercussions. Mm. So it's not necessarily better to work out fasted. It's not wrong to do so, but if you start to see an effect on your actual training, then you would want to start incorporating more carbohydrates. Yeah. Pratik uh, and I had a discussion about this and it like depends on like if you ate late at night, and then you came woke up and had to work out, you're probably okay. Mm -hmm. But if like you hadn't and you try to you haven't eaten anything and then it's like noon, unless you're doing intermittent fasting, you're gonna notice your training sessions are gonna suffer. So when I intermittent fast, like my my weight session's like 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. I do really high intensity stuff and then I get out. Uh and because I can't go very long, I get start getting hypoglycemic and then it's all weird. You know, you start getting really hangry. I actually broke like the lid, we have this little salt container and I was shaking so much that I picked it up and I dropped it the other day. And my wife was like, what happened? I was like, I was like really like hypoglycemia. She's like, you need to like eat more, Eric. Okay. So anyways, go ahead. Yeah. So just, you know, sometimes we're, we're splitting hairs with that, but, um, overall women are glycogen sparing, fatigue resistant. We can go longer. We can do more work. You don't need to split hairs with your diet. 
unless you start to see repercussions in your workout, and then you would want to fuel accordingly. Um, we also sometimes swing the pendulum a little bit far in the other direction. So a lot of times we'll train and we'll out-eat the amount of time that we've trained. When you utilize more energy in a day-to-day basis, your appetite goes up. Mm-hmm. So this is also another advantage of weight training is if I go and run for an hour, it's going to increase my appetite a lot more than lifting for an hour. So I might be able to sustain a more even diet and not be as famished at the end of the day if I start incorporating a little bit more lifting or high intensity training. I'm hearing a theme here. Weight training. Yes. Weight training, weight training, I love weight it. Train. Yeah. And, and if people that can't see you, like you're very fit, but you're not like... You don't have like this imposing figure that's like scaring me. Like you're, you you can still be feminine and lift weights. Like I think people need to understand that or women need to understand that. Like my wife, I think is beautiful and gorgeous and she goes and lift weights, you know, and there's nothing wrong with having strong muscles and like being toned and stuff like that. So I think during the early 2000s, I remember like in these magazines, it's like, oh, build long, lean muscle. First of all, you can't even do that. And like, you know, go do like Pilates and stuff like that. That's going to give you the, you need to do resistance training. It's going to sculpt out your body. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's wonderful that you can champion that as, uh, as a female athlete and coach. Like, I think it's really a strong message coming from you. A phrase that I heard that I liked was eat. So diet and eating is going to help give you your size. Weight training is going to give you your shape. So if you want certain parts of your body to look a little bit leaner, a little bit more toned, a little bit bigger, like you can get a little hypertrophy in your glutes if you want to, those are going to help change our actual shape. But if you lose weight and you don't weight train, then the actual shape that you are, I mean, I hate using this, but have you ever heard of skinny fat? Yeah. You end up being (laughs) the same version of yourself. Yes. Just a little bit smaller version. And that's depressing. And I'm championing weight training right now because cardio gets championed all the time. You don't want to take your cardio totally out of your workout. Cardio is great. You want, you want your heart to be healthy. You want your work capacity to be high. So your ability to be, to do work comes oftentimes from aerobic exercise. Yeah. Keep those in, but society already champions those. So I'm going to let society Let's push do back thing. on this a little bit more. <laughs> Let's get on Anna Craig's platform here and start lifting some weights. Um, I really, you know, I actually did a podcast on like, we should stop using the word cardio because it does so much more stuff and there's different energy systems, but like lift some weights. You're going to feel more confident about yourself. You are. There is no doubt. Like anybody that gets stronger, that, that translates into other areas of your life. Mm -hmm. And you can like, look at something really difficult and go, you know what? I can do hard things. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good skill to create. And I'm going to, I'm speaking to women right now, but I'm going to tell the men the opposite and say, go do some, go do some cardio, right? <laughs> um, no, I have a, I have a group of guy friends and one of them is the ringleader and they've started going to 24 hour fitness together, but they only do upper body. Oh, okay? geez. And the ringleader tells the others that. If they want to do lower body, they have 24 other hours in the day that they can go do lower body. And one of them, I've been recommending some podcasts to them. And he goes to the group and he said, Hey, I listened, I listened to the Huberman Lab podcast uh-huh. and and I learned some things about maybe we should incorporate some cardio. And I think he almost get, got kicked out of the group. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, that, that ends up being a really like weird thing where like they're very top heavy and there's nothing downstairs. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. So three factors for fat loss. You want to increase lean muscle tissue, hormone regulation, mm-hmm. substrate utilization, and freaking hit some weights. Hit some weights. All right. If you found today's podcast valuable, please go follow Anna on Instagram and support her. She's doing some amazing things that I know that you are going to want to follow. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all of our other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home online at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.